podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Episode 325 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Lorigan. As always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. This week, it's murder mystery Caperdom, which uh, one of our listeners on Twitter was not happy. We put out a poll for it the day after it came out, but never mind. (laughs) We hope you enjoy the review, sir. Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson's, Ryan Johnson's knives out. What? Sorry. You said Ryan Johnson in a great way, then. Thank you. Um. Also, other things. That that's it for reviews, isn't it? Um. So we'll have we'll have trailers. We'll have tangents. We'll have some what we've been watching. I think there's quite a bit on the docket in terms of what we've been watching this week. Um. Patrons, patreon.com forward slash film bastards. Uh, not well. Yes, patrons. Thank you. Non-patrons, you've missed about 15 minutes of chat before uh, the show talking uh, quite a bit about Bond and how fucked up Bond is. Um, and also, you will be getting in the next part of Ian's Guide to Bondage as I take a look at You Only Live Twice. Uh, that will be out probably, well, yeah, definitely by the time that this show co- this show goes out for non-patrons it's also worth showing that if non uh, saying that if non-patrons ever think this show goes out a little bit late you get it about two days earlier if you're on the patreon um i'm not gonna uh flog a dead uh flog a dead horse yeah yeah i, I was gonna say flog a dead cat and it was like that doesn't sound right and it's because it I wasn't think, i think it's still fine okay flog a dead cat horse why what do you mean what as far as flogging a dead horse is just like a fucking appropriate thing to do. I mean, let's not flog any dead things. Okay, let's let's flog nothing. Um, well, I'm fucked this weekend then. <laughs> nice. And uh, speaking of cats, we are T minus three weeks, one day. Um, <laughs> Did you actually tweet at Cineworld berating <laughs> them for not having cats tickets available yet? Yes. <laughs> okay. Did they respond? Yeah. yeah, so they they responded saying, oh, they'll be available to book by the 16th. So it's like, okay, so they'll be available to book by the date 
when you would put everything on sale for that week. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Cinewell. So then um, I further tweeted, um, bear with. My phone's signal. Ah, uh, here we go. Um, in all caps, give me an unlimited screening, you fucks. I want Cat Elba, god damn it. <laughs> They haven't, they haven't responded, no. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I, it, I'm just I'm very excited. I want to... Because Noel said on, on the WhatsApp group that Cats tickets were available. But they're not for Cineworld. I wonder if they are now. And I've been looking at the York as well, because I want to see what screening formats it's showing out in York, so I could let you both know. Yeah, uh, bear with. The only bloody thing, like booking so far at York, is um, is Star Wars, <laughs> which is very frustrating to me personally. Um, so they've got midnight showings of Star Wars. Yes, yeah, still only Star Wars at York. Let's have a look at Cardiff. All right, come on, let's have some cat screenings. Oh, they do have a secret screening on Tuesday night. It won't be cats. If if it was cats, if the secret screening next week was cats, I I'd actually probably get kicked out for fucking masturbating. <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine when it came up and it was cats, you would literally be running around high fiving everybody in that screening. <laughs> oh mate, I I I I would be the worst. Yeah, no, cats the kids aren't available yet, no, you fucking ass. You ball tickler. Uh, yeah, exactly. But anyway, T minus twenty two days to cats. Cats, 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 cats. Right. Has anything been happening this week? No. Trailers. I don't think has. I thought it was quite amusing the fact that that I think it was New Line Cinema put out announced that they were. Looking at uh, various projects for the new Nightmare on Elm Street um, film slash TV series, and Mike Flanagan tweeted them and said, "I've got a pitch," <laughs> and now he's been linked to it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's love. I would absolutely love if it happened that Mike Flanagan ended up making that, whether it's a TV show or whether or not it's a film. I would love it if that was it. Because it would literally be, I think he would have got it because he tweeted them and said, I, I, I've got an idea. And they've gone, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 say what, Bex? I'd watch that. I might find a good Elm Street project. Mm. I, mean, I, I, I think I'd watch a Mike Flanagan anything. And it, it's nice that it's nice that, we, you know, Doctor Sleep did not do well. Um, but he's still just like, yeah, I want to do stuff. I want to do stuff. I want to do stuff. Um, you know, I, it, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about the, the haunting of Blythe Manor, is it? Yeah. Like, I'm a little bit worried that that's going to be really successful and then he's just going to go, right, TV's my thing now, and then um, he'll be gone forever. Um, I still haven't watched The Haunting of Hill House. I know I said I was going to, but, um, you know, I have to keep up with The Mandalorian every week. I have to have my 35 minutes of The Mandalorian every week. That's enough TV for now. He, he, so. he also, I think, said uh, that he's um, 
that next year, I think, because he, he's finished Hot Life Life Man, hasn't he? Fly Man, yeah. Fly Man. Um, I, I think he said next year he's got a, a studio film being made and he's making a film for Netflix next year as well. Mm. I'm over fucking a busy bee. Uh, it, it, actually, in the same interview that I read in that, they, they basically said to him, "Are oh, you, you keeping busy?" And it, his response was, "Listen, you don't know how long you're going to get offered the chance to do things, so take all the opportunities to do them. Because if you have something that doesn't land uh, at any point for any reason, whether or not it, it just doesn't find an audience or anything like that, if that's come out and you've already got." Two things in the can, ready to come out. You can bounce back quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, you can distract. And it, it it does seem like he's very much going. Do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to strike while the iron's hot and just go for this as much as I can because you don't know when it's going to go. Yeah. I think I think Doctor Sleep is going to be the box office like shame of the year for me. Like that fucker just. I don't know why it didn't connect in a world where it chapter one and chapter two to do the money they do. I, I don't know why that even though I suppose it's like Blade Runner 2049. It just makes you wonder whether more modern audiences really care about sequels to all the movies, all really old movies. Like, they, I mean, they don't it, it, it's the answer. They just don't. I seem to remember the book didn't land particularly well. It was. Mm. It, it, it came out and people were like, "Well, is is this a sequel to The Shining?" It was a bit like that. It was a bit like. It's so different in tone than the first book, and it's very different in tone from the movie. And I think maybe it, it just struggled to find an audience. I think. It, Apart from your your rabid Stephen King fans. It too made money because it one made money. Mm. Um, it made significantly less than it, mm. like, like quite a lot less. Yeah, just yeah. Look, it, it made just just over two hundred million less, but it still made a, a lot of money. However, it too, so it it um, it feels more like a a more universally viewed um, sort of project, but as well, I think it. it it tapped onto um, that nostalgia, that 80s nostalgia vibe that something like Stranger Things had there. So it, it rode on a bit of a zeitgeist, um, something like it. And that's where the money for it too came from. Uh, whereas Doctor Sleep tried to ride on the, um, on the zeitgeist of Stephen King um, rather than the, the, the it things. And it maybe it just was a little bit too off market. I think as well, Stephen King spent a lot of years complaining about The Shining, and as such, there are a lot. You know, it is very different than the book. There are there are a lot of Stephen King fans out there that don't like the film The Shining because it is so different from the book, and Stephen King doesn't like it. So when the marketing for Doctor Sleep pitches it very much as a sequel to the film rather than an adaptation to the book you can kind of see why people have maybe gone nah I can't be asked for that whereas in reality Mike Flanagan's done a really good job of going right 
we need to be a sequel to the film, but also we need to be as loyal to the source material as we can. And I want to get Stephen King's approval. So how do I do that? And he's bridged that gap really well. But if, if people don't give it a chance, they're not going to see that, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, it's, um, I, I don't know. I mean, is it $200 million less is an astounding amount of money less considering that people seem to like it. Yeah, I, 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 I just checked it then. And I didn't think it was going to be that much. It, it, it's it's two hundred thirty million dollars. So how much did the how much did it like chapter one make? Uh, it chapter one made seven hundred million. Jesus Christ! Seven hundred million. Um, and it chapter two made four hundred sixty nine million. I mean, you know, obviously they're still in the black and whatnot, but I mean that's just off double the budget as well, over double the budget. A lot, yeah, people, a lot of people saw it that didn't like it though. There's a lot of people that have seen it and gone, "Well, it's not fucking scary," and not gone to see number two. Do you know what? Do you know what I genuinely think will have affected it as well? Runtime. Runtime. Mm. It, it's an awfully long movie for, for the type of movie it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, we we live in a world where someone's put a viewing guide for the irishman if you were watching it as a mini series on netflix on on twitter yeah. today and um they've been copying a lot of shit and i don't know it's i've got mixed feelings about that because it's like well if it means more people see the irishman in a few parts then great but at the same time uh, it's just it's the age-old thing and i've been saying this kind of shit for years and it kind of feels like the pendulum swimming swinging back in my direction People are more than happy to fucking binge watch a season of TV over the course mm. of two nights. But the minute you give them a film that's longer than two hours, it's like, I can't be fucking watching that at home. Yeah. It, it, it's, I think it's that it's that concentration element because you've got a natural break. If you watch a TV show, let's say, that's even an hour long a time, people will quite easily sit there and watch four in a night, watch four hours of it. But there's a natural bit where the TV show says, stop. Go to the toilet, make a cup of go tea. Go to the toilet, go get a drink, do this, do that, do, do this. And where people will do that. If it's if it's a film, um, there's no point where it's going to go, stop. And so they, they, they'll, you feel more, people feel more under, under pressure, pressure for it. Yeah. And it's that, it's, it's the concentration. I, I genuinely think that people's concentration levels are, are going. And part of it is, and I think it's more to the point at home that is amplified because people have access to a phone, for instance. So when something is happening the way a movie maybe goes a little bit down a little bit and has that moment where it pulls down a little bit and they think, I'll just check my phone now. It, it, people are just easily distracted. Yeah. You know, now if I'm watching something new, my phone literally goes next to me and I, I, I try my hardest to just not look at it behind you on the back of the sofa and upside down so the light don't distract you. exactly yeah if you still where you watch but, but, but if i get a message i don't look at it i always just click it off don't i mm-hmm. and if that's if i watch something i've watched 15 times i might have a little quick check but if it's something new it's like no i i, I want to consciously do this it's like I, I don't look at my phone when i'm watching football anymore do i because i, I got annoyed at the fact that I, I i would be watching a football that i'd be looking forward to all day 
and like set out and sit there. And I realised that what I'd actually be doing is not watching the football. I'd just be watching my phone to see what other people think of the football and going, oh, I missed that because I was looking at my phone. And then and I sort of went, like, no, I'm just going to fucking, my phone goes over there and I don't look at it while I'm watching football. That's it. When I, you know, when we're watching football, I'll, I'll watch it. If I'm watching it, I'll watch it. And then if I want to read what people on Twitter are sort of saying about it, which is a very angry place, so I don't generally, but um, I'll just scroll in half time, not full time. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, do we have any trailers? It kind of feels like Thanksgiving week, so it's like super, super quiet trailer wise. Oh, um, not seen anything, to be honest. Um, I think the only thing, have we spoken about the um, Star Wars trailer that is on in cinemas? Um, I don't know. That, uh, is it different? It feels longer. It feels like a different trailer. Well, like Oscar Isaac's dicks in it or something. Or... <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't notice that, but it might be. I think Star Wars is one of those things that just, I mean, I, I don't like it and I don't like perpetuating it, but it is just always going to be better on a big screen. Even the trailer's better on a big screen. Yeah, because that, it, I watched it the... feels cinematic as when you see it I, I watched there. the trailer going all right yeah I, I, I'm in for this what is it um but yeah it's I just to say I am also in for this what what is it <laughs> so yeah I'm, 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 I'm very much in for it and the, the trailers that I've been watching at home have, have not had me um I don't know is it the one with like the really fucking kind of like sad version of the Star Wars theme in it that's like played at a different key. Yes. Oh, yeah. I don't know whether it's different, but that fucking music, it, it gets me, it gets me like, it makes me want to cry, but also jack off at the same time. It's quite <laughs> conflicting. <laughs> a healthy cry wank. Yeah, yeah. Good old crank. <laughs> um, I, I, I will just say, best ad i've seen recently is the ryan reynolds advertising a tv which <laughs> for his new movie six underground which then shows a trailer for aviation gin um <laughs> yeah that's, that's fucking incredible that ad. It, it is it, it's the it's the it's the look he gives the, mm-hmm. the woman where he just kind of just gives this this unbelievable sort of like yeah uh, I'm that guy kind of look. And what, what's, it, what's it he says? Like, I thought it was the right thing to do. <laughs> yeah. He says he bought a rolling ad for it. Like, you bought an ad for your own product inside an ad for your movie that's inside an ad for your TV. And he's like, yeah, I thought it was the right thing to do. <laughs> it just gives her that look. It's fucking <laughs> incredible. And also, T minus 15 days to six underground. Yeah. A, 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 a movie where... I, I love the fact that it's it's pretentious film Twitter, um, and, and, which I thoroughly admit I have been part of in the past. Um, and the majority of people within that sphere are lovely people. I just want it to be known for that. But I love the collective, the fact that they are fucking eating themselves and foaming at the mouth to shit all over this. And I'm just looking at it going, it looks fucking great. <laughs> I, I, it's, I hope it's three hours long. I, I, I hope. 
I, I thought you watch it and you go, okay, yeah, there's no way they were gonna let that, that anyone else was gonna let Michael Bay do this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it it can't wait. I cannot wait to see what the fuck Michael Bay does with full Netflix cash fueled ego. Yeah. I mean how much I wonder how much that movie cost. Dread to think. I dread to think how many like like food parcels that could buy so that that could buy a country. A hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> and next year, the big Netflix Christmas film is the um, a film that Universal basically gave to Netflix. Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and Gal Gadot film. Uh, yeah. Red Notice, I think it's called. Yeah. Um. That I mean. Fucking hell, Netflix! Like you're go, you're going to run out of money. Surely you are going to run out of money. I just don't think they are. Oh my god, though. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Like all the subscriptions and like like they they managed to sell. I mean, I happily pay my eleven ninety nine a month for. I couldn't even tell you how much I pay for fucking Netflix now. You know, like it's just it's, 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 it's kind of like I, I pay it and it's worth it. It's yeah, I mean that. That's the thing. I work on. Yeah, that, it, it, I think it's ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think it's about eight or something stupid like that. I don't know. I mean, it, I just think of it like a tax or something. It's it's almost like Netflix <laughs> should come out of my pay slip. Yeah, I mean their revenue, their, their revenue last year was just shy of sixteen billion. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. They're not going to run out run out of money. I, I like. I don't it actually know, went up last year as well. Sorry? It actually went up last year as well. Oh, fuck. I mean, it's just like, I've been watching, like, Scorsese talking about the Irishman over the last week or so, and watching how conflicted he is about the fact it's on Netflix, but acknowledging that it was like, look, Netflix stepped up and they gave us the money, and it wasn't a problem, and there was no problems with the edit whatsoever like i was listening to a dga podcast where spike lee's interviewing him and um he's you know he's just like you know we we, we had to strike a compromise it's you know it's not going to play on as many cinema screens it's getting it's getting a release and it kind of felt like he wanted to say not as big as i want it to be but it's getting a release but no no like messing about with creative control and that that got applause in the audience and it kind of it, it feels like the tide is may maybe changing on the perception of Netflix, um, where you know even I think last year Steven Spielberg was cam- actively campaigning for Green Book over Roma, so- saying if you give this to Roma, th- like this is this is saying something and trying to disqualify Netflix films from Oscar competition. Yeah, um, we, 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 which. <laughs> Which feels a little, it at the time felt a little bit like, right? But it, let's be honest, there'd have been, if, if Netflix would have been around in the early 80s, you'd have been doing Netflix movies. You'd have yeah. been Netflix. 1941 I, would have probably been on Netflix. I mean, that's the thing. And to be, sorry. So, uh, Amblin would probably have had a deal with Netflix. And I mean, like, to be fair, there's kind of the rank hypocrisy that he's he's happy to 
appear at Apple presentations talking about how Apple TV Plus is going to be so amazing. Yeah. When, when at the moment you're going, is it though? Yeah. Is it though? <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, it's we've, we've had it for free since I got my phone, Edge of that. Since it launched? Yeah, yeah we, um, we haven't watched it at all. No, we haven't literally clicked on a single fucking thing. I, I don't even really understand what it is. I, I don't understand the point of it. At the moment, for Apple TV, for me at the moment, is like, are there any movies on it? No, then fuck you. Mm. The minute a movie goes on it, I'll go, oh, I'm interested. But it's like, it, it, it did seem a little bit like they've launched this thing and gone, oh, we've got all of these series. Have you? What, what have you got? Oh, these. That's it, yeah. But there's going to be more. But right now, that is it, yeah. There's no, like, historical stuff. There's no, what is it? No. Right. Okay. Now I know why you're giving it away for free with anything. Um, it, the thing is, I, I would like for Netflix to literally just go to a couple of studios and go, right, what have you? What what package can you sell us of movies um, that is... Um, that were made before 1950 that we can have. And then to just throw them on, upload them and go, right, there you fucking go. Stop complaining now. Because literally that would, it would, when people go, that that is a big criticism put out there is, oh, but 80% of its titles are are post-2000. That would be to do with metrics of what people watch. Yeah. So I think if they had all that, it would literally shut up those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, uh, it just it, it kind of feels like in a couple of years' time, this is this is going to be a moot point. Um, I mean, it'll be fucking fascinating the day that it will. No, actually, to know what will never happen. I was going to say that like Disney Plus put out something that's only on Disney Plus that gets all Oscar consideration and whatnot, but it's Disney. It will never happen. Um, yeah, that, it's. Well, I think isn't it? Um, Netflix have bought the um, Paris theatre that closed down. Yeah. And they're just going to. They're going to keep it up and keep the staff on and use it to screen Netflix only movies and possibly even some of the TV series in, in little blocks and stuff like that. Yep. Great. Yep. Lovely it's, idea. It's one, but it, it does seem a little bit like a tour dipping. Well, yeah, I mean, they were talking about buying a, a chain in the US earlier this year, but it didn't go through. Um, I can't remember. It, it was definitely a chain of cinemas, though. And I, it, I don't know. It's interesting because um, there's been some like people complaining that they're not reporting box office grosses either in the UK or the US. But I don't know. It's not like they have to. Um, and... It, it, it'll be interesting to see them get more into exhibition just for the, the way that that plays out. Um, I mean, it because it, essentially Netflix apparently, well, in the US anyway, have four-walled um, the, the, the cinemas. So it basically means that they essentially rent the cinema for yeah. uh, like a week and then just keep all the income that comes, uh, like the, the ticket revenue that comes from it. Um, in the UK... I don't think that's the case. They've had to, they've partnered with Altitude, uh, like a UK indie distributor. So I'm assuming that they are getting part of it as well. And it also then means that like ads and trailers go on it. Because I know Brad was saying um, on Twitter, like he was a bit confused about why are they showing ads um, 
before the Irishman and marriage story and whatnot. And I think that's why. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's that reason uh, there. Yeah. But I mean, I'd love, I'd love to know how much the Irishman made because I bet. The week that the Irishman like expanded and played in like Cardiff and and York and whatnot, I bet that fucker was top ten that weekend. Apparently, it's grossed um, so far four point eight million. Four point eight million what dollars? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which makes sense because it's playing in fuck all locations. It was playing in more screens in the UK than it was in the US. Yeah. Like that's mental. It is. Um, it, 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 you do get the feeling at some point Netflix will will launch a deal with a cinema chain. It just will. It will happen. They'll throw. They will throw enough money at something. And a cinema chain will just go. Yeah, all right, fine. I mean, as soon as the the three month theatrical window like goes away, Netflix will be all over the place in UK cinema chains. You know, the new Michael Bay film. Like okay, like and Netflix will stream it like three weeks later. Fuck yeah, yeah cinemas would have that. Yeah, you know what I mean, D- don't don't get me wrong. If it if it if that opened the same weekend as Star Wars, it's not going to play in a massive fucking screen, but it will play. Yeah, that's it. It, it. It'll be there for people to go and watch if they want to go and watch it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no trailers there quite well. Yeah, no, I think so. So review thank you all for getting together like this it isn't legally necessary but i thought because you're all in town and some of you are leaving soon excuse me uh uh, i'm sorry Uh, ladies and gentlemen i would like to gently request that you all stay in town until the investigation is completed Uh, well he's gently requesting but i'm gonna have to make that in order no one move until we figure this all out what can we ask why has something changed? No. No, it hasn't changed, or no, we can't ask. Mr. Stevens, uh, you may continue. Knives Out is written and directed by Ryan Johnson and star not Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, and stars Daniel Craig, Anna de Armas, uh, Chris Evans, Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, Don Johnson, uh, Tony Collette, uh, Michael Shannon, Lakeith Stanfield, um, that kid from it, uh, that girl who's in Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt, um, others. Am I missing anyone big there? Which one's in Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt? The daughter who's friendly with the maid. Oh, the one out of 13 Reasons Why. Yeah, okay, yeah, 13 Reasons Why. She's in that, eh? Um, yeah, no, she's... Um, uh, Jane Krakowski's uh, daughter in Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. She's pretty good in it, actually. Um, uh, Sue, Knives Out. Oh, Christopher Plummer. Jesus fucking Christ. The person who gets murdered, Christopher Plummer. He's in it as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. The the not touchy Kevin Spacey, Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so, Christopher Plummer. Yes, he's still alive. Um, but in this film, he dies. Um, He's a murder mystery writer who has basically founded an empire. Uh, he dies, it looks like a suicide, but there's scuttlebutt that it's not. Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig, is um, drafted in by a mysterious payer of his fee 
uh, to try and figure out who murdered uh, Christopher Plummer's character. Um, so, all spoilers all the time, but I don't know. It's interesting. I'd like to say just briefly, like non-spoilery, just in case you haven't seen it. I think this is a film that is very much worth watching. I think it is a film that if you are going to watch in the slightest, like any interest in it whatsoever, like just skip this review. But know that I really, like, I really, really liked it. I don't know about you guys. Um, but yeah, I really, really, really would advise not spoiling yourself on it before going in. Um, I, I'd agree with, I'd absolutely agree with that. If, if, if you have a, an inkling that you want to watch this, then absolutely skip the review and then come back to it once you've watched it. Indeed. So, Becky, what did you think of Knives Out? I, I mean, I was, I was pumped for this film um, from the first trailer, and it, I, I absolutely, absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It was so much fun. The only thing that I was concerned about was that Daniel Craig's accent might get a bit much, but you just get used to it really quickly, and it isn't, it isn't as overbaked as it is in the trailer throughout the whole film um i just i i loved it i think it's 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 overall mystery because it's it's trying to be like an agatha christie kind of film um and story it's not as clever as an agatha christie mystery but i mean it's up there it's clever and it keeps you engaged and keeps you guessing i i, I think actually what i think it's what I do think it's trying to do, I don't think it's trying to be as clever as Agatha Christie. I think it's trying to be as clever as things that play on Agatha Christie. Mm, maybe. Hence the reason why you've got a murder she wrote in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a tribute type. Yes. Yeah. I, think, I think it's more, it, it, it's not trying to ape something. It, it, it's painting a bit of a, a homage to something. Um, I think I think the cast are all fantastic in it. Um, Daniel Craig referring to what's his face, what's his name? Uh, Jaden Martell yeah. as the Nazi child who was masturbating just absolutely fucking cracked yeah, me up. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, it's just brilliant. Um, there, was a, there were a couple of bits that once you mentioned that they felt a bit heavy handed to you, mm. I kind of went, do you know what, actually, maybe, yeah, but I'll let you do those bits. You can say that. But I, I probably agree with you that a couple of bits were a bit, like, clumsy. Yeah. Mark, Mark? Um, same, I think I was, out of the, the three of us, I was the, the, the least... I was still looking forward to it, but I was... I, I was like a little bit cold by the... Um, the trailers, etc. But I... The whole... The rest of the movie, I, I was looking forward to the movie uh, because of the, the writer-director, all of the cast... The, the 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 murder mystery element of it and all that I, I was very much like right all of that has me if you were to say right it's a Ryan Johnson movie uh sorry Daniel Craig Chris Evans and Armis uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and all the rest of the people that are in it and it's it's a murder mystery 
I'd be like, that's brilliant. But for some reason, the trailers just didn't, they just didn't sit with me. For some reason, there was just something off kilter with them for it was me. that bloody wall of knives. It wasn't even the wall of knives. I was right with the wall of knives. It was the um, the CG graphic of the wall of knives. That, I didn't like that. That's a good point. I've got to, yeah, 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 yeah. It made it look cheap. It now made, I, I can get the sense of it now, but with the trailer, it just made it look cheap. Whereas it can't be a cheap movie because all the people have got. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a lot of fun. I like the fact that it's not the mo- quite the movie the trailer suggests, which is good. Mm. Uh, whilst at the same time it is. I think I said last week that I I want it to be the majority of it to be set at the house. Mm. I think there is a little bit too much set outside of the house for me. Mm. I think they could have brought it back in there. And there are a few clumsy bits within it um i also i there was a few bits that made me go all right so that's that and that's that and that's that right i get this i get what's going on here this is quite cool this and i liked all of that um element of it um her not being able to lie because she threw up was it, 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 it's a genius but yeah I, so I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk for Ian and then I'll get into the, the couple of bits that just didn't sit for me and then okay. I'll the other bits that did really sit for me okay no worries I, I um yeah I mean I, I had a great deal of fun with it it feels like a real crowd pleaser as well um uh yeah I, I saw a slightly advanced screening of it on Monday and the people in there were you know obviously into it and just having a fucking great time um i haven't i haven't heard laughter like that in a cinema in a good long while just the oh, fucking yeah it's... i was gonna say that same with ours well yeah. yeah people people were really really into it mm. uh yeah and it, it just the fucking monologue about the donut and the hole yeah <laughs> it's it's it, it's just it's incredible and craig just knows exactly what he's doing and it, it just daniel craig's character i think is really interesting because anna de Armas is is like the heart of the film and what they do with craig i think is great he's someone who loves the fucking smell of his own farts and you know, all like the most of the way through it, you're going like he's missing a trick here, he's missing a trick, he's a bit of an idiot. And then in the third act, it's, it's like, nah, this motherfucker is smart and he's nice. He's yeah. just got a higher, he's got a higher opinion of himself, but that doesn't mean that he's actually an arsehole. I thought he was a really interesting character. Um, what I mean, I would say, I think maybe. There's too many names in the supporting cast, which I kind it's it's difficult. If it was a film where it was a proper like who done it, like where it, it's you are guessing until until the end, like who who done it, then having names in the cast would be I, I would make sense. But it's like you've got Tony Collette in this film. And her part is basically nothing. Um, you know, she 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 has moments. Don't get me wrong, but you know, Tony Collette, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't really do all that much. It just there are definitely focuses in this film, and there you know, 
it, even though it kind of it reveals the main mystery, well, what you think is the main mystery, surprisingly early on. Um, and then there's kind of like there's a deeper mystery that kind of goes through the film. Once the main mystery is solved, they don't really go back to Jamie Lee Curtis or Don Johnson or um, uh, or Tony Collette um, all that often. No, and it, then it very much is about um, Andy Armas and and Chris Evans. It becomes about them about halfway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, it, it, I don't know. It just I kind of it's great that Ryan Johnson was able to get this cast and they all have fun. Um, but I did leave like that. That was my one major complaint. I also I think it's maybe a touch too long, and maybe if you had a couple less family members, that would help with that. Um, but uh, Anna de Armas, I thought was great. Daniel Craig, great. Chris Evans, great. Chris Evans not in it as much as I thought he would be, which I thought was smart. Um, yeah. It would have been easy to go right. This is Chris Evans blowing off steam after Captain America. We're going to have tell him telling people to go fuck themselves for the whole thing. Mm. No, which there's one. The first hour, he's basically not in it. Yeah. And then, and then, like, there's one scene where he chews out his family a bit, and the rest of it, it, it like, he's playing, actually, he's actually an all right guy, and then, no, actually, he's the worst of all of them. Yeah. Which is great, because the first hour of the film is setting him up to be an unrepentant arsehole. Yeah, and, and he tries to pull the rug. <laughs> and, and then, then basically... Where it does pull the rug from underneath you. You then go, oh, and then it just wraps the rug around you. And tries yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it pulls the rug up from under you, and then there's another rug. <laughs> With knives in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, and I mean, it, it, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. Let, well, let's, let's talk about it more as, a, uh, as, as an actual conversation. But, um... I, 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 there was a couple of dialogue bits that I didn't, I didn't get on with. Um... I didn't like the I, I, I didn't like it in the trailer and what everyone what, what is it? I, I I just didn't like the Kentucky Fried CSI thing. I don't think it's a good joke. I don't think it's a clever joke or anything like that. And they do it twice. And it just it 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 felt it felt really quite cheap for this movie. And I, I didn't like it, but the one, the, the the big bit was the whole um, Trump conversation. Essentially, there it was like you don't you, you don't need that. All you've done is aged your movie, yeah, really badly aged. You've time stamped your movie. You've aged your movie. You could have had the um, the fucking the spoiled fucking Nazi right wing kid and the spoil left wing kid you could have had that you didn't have to then shoehorn that into it it just it felt a little bit like right this is the bit you can cut out um from it there it's it it just i mean it's interesting because i talked about last christmas last week and they have like a bit about brexit in that and it's i understand why filmmakers are wanting to put these these things in there and you know, it it's it was probably cathartic. You know, um, and I mean, it, to be fair, Ryan Johnson's had such awful trouble dealing with fucking 
idiots online that I can understand why he wants to do it, but I understand it dates it. And it's like last Christmas. It does just feel like does not ev- not everything has to be about the burning it, issues of the day, regardless exactly. of your viewpoint. They don't. It, it, it's, it's a little bit like I'm watching it going, do you know what, Ryan? I, I can pretty much guess which fucking side of the fucking fence you are on this one. <laughs> you don't have to watch it. And I can pretty much guess that everybody within your movie, the side of the fence that they're on, because most of them have come out quite, what is it, um, about it. I, 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 I do love seeing Don Johnson in anything now because he's just rocking up and doing these little, um, little like essentially like supporting character performances, but just still being Don Johnson and effortlessly fucking cool. And so, what is it? And the he get you can see why they gave him the. I've got a question for you. What? Who the fuck is that? You know, out of all of the people they could have given it to, they they give it. He's the first one that they do it to, mm. because Don Johnson can deliver that line spectacularly, and he's he's fantastic in this. But all the supporting uh, cast are all very strong. But like you say, they there's some of them that, that don't really do anything really that you could maybe have just. They're there and they're an amusing quirk to why they're there, but they don't actually. I mean, do it. It, 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 it's interesting because you've got that scene with Michael Shannon where he's kind of being threatening towards Anna de Armas, where he kind of like is talking about like, you know, give us the money and we could use the money to help you. And I love, I love how she turns that around. By the way. Yeah, it's just like you're right. I do have a lot of money. I can hire expensive lawyers. I, I, I do. But what I loved about that scene is. You're watching it, and as an audience member, I was watching it going, you, I'm waiting for the moment where she's going to literally turn around to him and say, yeah, but, then my resources say but you don't have those resources. I fucking do. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it's a whole part of the fact that she's one step ahead of everybody else within the movie. But the thing is, she's also one step behind herself because... Remember, all spoilers all the time, guys. She doesn't know yet that the vials were already were the wrong way, that she has oh. given the right medication. Mm. She doesn't know that yet. Such a fucking heartbreaker that is. Whereas, like, oh. whereas, I'll be honest, there's something that Christopher Plummer says, I can't remember exactly what it is, mm. that he says, where for some reason I went, she's giving him the right medication. Somebody switched the bottles. That's interesting. And, and, and so the thing is, I, I all the way through it, I was thinking when they're going on about the, the blood work and stuff like that, I'm already thinking the blood work's going to come back and say that he didn't overdose on morphine. Because, because I can't really say, I, I tried to remember during it, but then the rest of the film just got going and mm. it went out of my brain. But he says something about it. Mm. Um, but something about switching bottles or something like that and it made me go right bang that's what's fucking happened she thinks she's done that so I was it was it was there was that to it Um, so I I had that in my knowledge there Uh, and again I'm not saying oh I worked it out it was just I happened to hear that and thought that's it so this this is this is the thing it's like all the way 
all all through it, like the reason why I mentioned the Michael Shannon bit is because there that's obviously being like set up as a it could he be a shifty one kind yeah. of moment. And I'm watching it, it's like I don't I just never really thought that. And it was like in the back of my mind, I'm going, I still kind of think Chris Evans is a wrong in here. Like and it, it's like well, the moment the moment that he gets caught by the cops and then immediately sells her out. I'm just like if he like if he wasn't a wrong and he wouldn't have done that um but it, it's interesting how kind of like instinctually and maybe this is maybe this is ryan johnson being a really clever filmmaker it's that that it's like the circumstances behind how it happened are really really clever and they slot together really well but the who was behind everything is not necessarily surprising but at the same time you never feel that it's obvious no i i, I didn't think it was obvious it was as things started to build throughout it um for instance um like you you just think the mother's got confused but then when the dogs came out and barked, yeah. ransom yeah, yeah. arrived. I was like, it, I was trying not to. I was trying not to tap Becky and go, it, it, it's this because I thought, well, no, because it, it, what, what if I'm just totally fucking wrong? And yeah. I'm just, oh, what if I'm right? And it seems like, what is it? And so I'm going, oh, fuck, so she did see ransom. So he, why was he up there then? His and and, and it's, but that's the fucking fun of of a who done it is either piecing bits together or picking up bits, you know, a whole point of a whodunit is the director, the filmmaker is supposed to throw out bits that get you thinking, right, well, is that this or is that this? Mm. Or is, 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 is that this? And occasionally, you know, you can watch a hundred of them and in 99 of them, you'll pick up the wrong fucking crumb. Yeah. Um, whereas occasionally you'll pick up the right crumb and be like, oh, and you're having the same experience enjoying something, but a slightly different experience to somebody else. And that's what was really fucking cool about it was the fact that it, it's still an awful lot of fun. Absolutely. But yeah, that as well, the her puking. And constantly naming it, different South American countries yeah. could be from as well. Yeah, the fact that, that, that Jamie Lee Curtis names, names two. The fact that she says she's from Ecuador and then says she's from Brazil as well. Well, yeah, and then there's somebody else who says she's from Colombia. And I think someone else she's from Uruguay. Paraguay and Yan Uruguay. Yeah, it... I'd, I'd love to know where she's actually from. Is it is it Venezuela she's from? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if they actually do or not, but somebody else says Venezuela as well. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just. It's, I think it's kind of trying and like subtly rather than bashing your own head with its politics like some other bits in the film do it's trying to subtly go yeah they claim to love her and they claim she's part of the family but none of them have got a clue where she actually fucking goes no, 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 no. in On... their mind really she's the help yeah and as well um, the the whole um, it, it's it's showing them as being essentially without them noticing it essentially just racist because mm. they think that all the people from South America are basically all the same. When you take South America and go, as a land expanse, it's shitloads bigger than your fucking country. <laughs> you know, it's just yours is a collection of states rather than broken up into a collection of countries. Yeah. 
I, I mean, the final the final shot's fantastic as well. Just the sense of satisfaction you get from like them all looking up at her, and then it just cuts to her drinking from that like that my 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 house, my coffee, my rules mug or whatever it is. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know she was drinking out of that Yeah, mug. she's drinking out of that mug, yeah. and it's, what is it? Um, but, but one thing I will say for that shot, it, it, I, I don't think the shot of the mug is quite... They could have done it a little bit better, so you could just make out all of the what is it's on it. Mm. Yeah, um, it's like her like her jacket, like the end, end of her coat's kind of like covering it up or something. Yeah. But I mean, like they they show you the shot of that cup earlier on, so you know what cup it is, and it's. Yeah. I, I suppose at least they're not like really, you know, it, it feels real that it's not actually showing the whole thing there. Yeah, like, if, if, if it had her fingers were holding it and they were spaced out so you could read all the words, you'd look at it and go, "That's a fucking odd way to hold a massive mug like that." Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, did. Exactly. I did think that's an odd mug for that guy to have. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't seem like uh, my house, my coffee, my rules kind of guy. But then again, when you look at it, he's got all the props from all of the photo shoots for his books all around the house. Mm. So it, it could have been simple as something like that. It's a. It's... I think I think I think you're overthinking that one a little bit. I think he's he's just supposed to say this is the fucking patriarch and this man is in charge. Yeah, it it, it could be, but it's it's an awful lot of fun. It's just, it is, like you said before, though, Ian, it is really heartbreaking when you realise that if he'd just not slit his throat to try and help her get yeah, away yeah. with it, he'd have been fine. But I, I, I don't know, I think there's an almost... The, the fact that he doesn't panic or anything like that, I think he's almost like... He, the fact that he's been getting his story... He's been getting before. everything on it. Yeah. It's almost like he, he's gone. No. Do you know what? This is, right. this is fine. I am... I am okay to go now, and and he's like you say he's he's had a good day. He's had a good birthday where he's got his shit in order. I wondered for a bit if he'd switched the vial. I I, I wondered for a bit if if if, if, or if he'd just like yeah let her do it, mm. wanting to die because changing his will really sort of uh, close to when it happened cutting everyone off basically doing all that kind of stuff you kind of think was he setting this up mm. for a bit i did anyway yeah yeah there's definitely an element of that to, to it it's just he wanted to just shit out his family yeah it, it was but they just it, it also at one point tries to play that they might have all been in it together and it, it does all that which weeks and you're going but it's not because then that basically just wants it all right uh, uh, express um so you go but it's not that because that it, that's just two on the fucking nose, but it's nice that it does a it, it, it hands that a little bit as a nod. Um, but it's just there's a whole. I say it, it's an incredibly playful movie, and you said it there, Ian. It, it's it, it's just outright entertaining, and it, and it is a crowd pleaser. I like that it never turned out that Jamie Lee Curtis was ever doing anything bad to him. Yeah. Her as well, uh, getting pissed off as people are walking up the stairs. Oh, when she's trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's a good time. It's, yeah, it's just, it's, it makes you interested in each individual character. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I was glad with, with her character that she just 
she was fine. She was just she was just his daughter. She was a good daughter. Yeah, she's just because like the letters and stuff, and it's like what does he title and like dear heart or something like yeah. that. And it's like if he if she has done something wrong to him and he clearly loved her quite a lot, yeah, that would be really sad. But it doesn't do it doesn't go along that route. No, it it doesn't. It's just it just leaves her as it leaves her as as being one of the least evil of them all. But she's still a bit of a an arrogant dickhead. Like I, I mean, yeah, I mean, she still goes along with the let's try and fuck her out of um, the money. Yeah, it, 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 it's like the, the whole, yeah, I'm a self-made, what is it? It's like, well, no, you're not. My mother got a, a million-dollar loan from <laughs> from my granddad uh, to start her business. Exactly. So kind of feels like we uh, we might be wrapping up there. Yeah. Um, so uh, it'll be definitely not shit from me. Oh, absolutely, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, it, it's a, um, it, it's an awful lot of fun. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of to watching it again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, our audience vote, definitely not shit. Seventy-seven percent. Nice. Touching cloth, zero percent, okay. and shit, twenty-three percent. Oh wow! Yeah, zero percent. The Mulberry Boys, every Friday night On the show, you better know they keep it tight ETL is back and the J-Strom's in the zone Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone PCZ is about to hold court You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort Pop culture movies, TV shows and games Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast The Jason and Steven Show it's the Jason and Steven Show. What? what? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. Ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Put putting four and five-year-olds in front of this movie. It's like if they didn't know what death was before all this, they're gonna know it after it. They're gonna know it after it and they're gonna be freaking terrified. And they're gonna be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one is a cold dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like all the orphans and like, oh no, we're gonna die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head it's like kill them. Then look no further, the His Film, Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, let's get some uh, what we've been watching going on. Guys, who wants to start? I'll let you start, Bex. No, I'm, I'm not starting. You've watched some stuff without me, then? I don't care. You, you have. have you watched Kaboom last night without me. I was sure it was like 10 o'clock. Yeah, I was tired. You watched something else? Yeah, I think so. Remember what? I don't know. Do Kaboom. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I watched the the Gregor Acker movie Kaboom. Um, seen it before. I've been wanting to rewatch it again for for a while, but it's a bit of a you kind of have to be in a mood to leave your brain a little bit at the door, don't you, for, for something like that. But it, it it's fun. It's it's very very like excuse an old person word raunchy. So like, is it? Wait, there's boobs in it. This, yeah. And I didn't rewatch it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm disappointed in myself. <laughs> but yeah, it's I mean it's it's fucking mental. There's witches, there's cults, there's nuclear bombs. It's just batshit. Um, have you seen it in Kaboom? Yeah, 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 like a a while back, but I remember it being batshit for sure. It's it's fun though, and Juno Temple's in it. Juno Temple's adorable. This was back when Juno Temple was in everything. Now she just doesn't seem to be in no. anything. Wasn't Kaboom the one that was originally going to play a Freight Fest and then Gregor Aki pulled it from Freight Fest, everyone freaked out, and he said, it's just not a horror movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, And Hayley Bennett's in it as well, and she's... Yeah, it, again, with Kaboom, Hayley Bennett was in it, and it was like, oh, this is going to be the movie that launches Hayley Bennett. And then she was in nothing for, like, three years, and then had a year a couple of years ago where she was in everything again. Mm. Yeah. She's, she's good, though. I, I like her. I like her. She just happens to be... Um, like a budget Jennifer yeah she, she looks like a budget Jennifer Lawrence yeah. and that was the problem where everybody would go oh you thought about Hayley Bennett it's like oh can we not get Jennifer Lawrence yeah that's the thing it's like Jennifer Lawrence read the script for the girl on the train was like nope and Hayley Bennett went finally I've actually got one yeah kind of like significantly less insufferable than Jennifer Lawrence though I, I'm, I'm she just seems a bit less of a tit than Jennifer Lawrence does nowadays. Jennifer Lawrence suffered the same thing where she just got a little bit. There was too much of her, but too little for too yeah. long. Yeah, she. I don't know. She, she. She seems to believe her own hype a little bit. Oh look, aren't I adorable and kooky? No, just being a fucking normal person. There you go, Becky. You're a woman who hates women, aren't you? No, I just don't like annoying women. I don't like annoying men either. So there. Um. Yeah. So kaboom. It's it's it is fun, but you you really do need to be in the mood to just kind of just kind of roll with whatever it throws at you. Yeah, that's totally fair. I can't think of anything else that I've watched on my own, apart from the entirety of that fucking Paul Rudd series that's on Netflix, which is uh, uh, living with yourself. Don't yeah. watch that. Wow, well, yeah, she really enjoyed it. It's it's good. <laughs> is it is it all right? Yeah. It's uh, what what is it? I can't really explain it without giving stuff away. It like, sounds it, the plot sounds fucking mental. Is, is it a TV is it a TV series? It is, yeah. but it's, it's kind of like a mini series. There's not many episodes of it, and they're only half an hour long. Right. Uh, but it is a TV series, yeah. But what does he play in it? He plays himself. Right. Well, no, he doesn't play Paul Rudd. He plays like like an ad executive kind of guy, I think. Called Paul Rudd. No, not called Paul Rudd. How can he play himself? Then? He doesn't play himself. He usually he... plays himself. No, but he plays <laughs> the character he plays. He plays twice. I I might watch it. It's it's fun. <laughs> um, actually, it's kind of sad. But it's good. I I I know somehow I know less about it 
than when I ask the question, what's it about? <laughs> I can tell you, but it'll spoil it. I'm fine. Um, what else we watched next? We watched Streets of Fire, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yep. That was a fun time. Um, There's some interesting sartorial choices in that movie, and there does fucking waders. What the fuck? Uh, yeah, the waders are a strong choice. And Michael Paré's a whole aesthetic. I dig it. Paré looks cool as fuck in that movie. <laughs> Paré himself even says, I think, on the documentary about it, that he goes back, looks at it and goes, I don't think I've ever looked better than that. <laughs> even in the suspenders. Yeah, he's like, I don't think I've ever looked better than that. He, 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 he said, he says in the documentary that he um, he hadn't watched it for a while, and then when they asked him to do the documentary on it, he thought, I better go back and watch it. So when he watched it, he said, and the first shot you see of him is on the train, isn't it? Sat yeah. down on the train. He said, and he was watching it. He said, I'm sat there in my living room. He said, they've sent me a copy of it, and I'm watching it, and I'm going, and it, it, he said, it took me a good sort of like five seconds before I went, that's me. <laughs> said, I just completely, it just took me by surprise that that was me on it. Um, if anyone um, is a fan or anything like that, I, I will say, so we've talked about Streets of Fire quite a lot on the podcast. Mm. Uh, and we even did a, um, a commentary on it, um, which is still available. Um, but if anyone is, is like a fan of the movie or anything like that, Please get, um, I, I think the, the documentary about it is on the uh, UK and US Blu-ray. Please pick up the Blu-ray because uh, that documentary is fantastic. Uh, it, it, it's basically a talking heads documentary, but they talk to everybody. Uh, Walter Hill is very good on it, but Michael Parry is, is really good on it, where he, he gets a lot of shit off his chest in that documentary. Basically admits to... Uh, you know the fact that he was coming out of uh, a marriage that had just broken down and that he completely fell in love with Diane Lane uh, during the thing and it was really hard for him to rewatch it back because of the position he was in and it, it, it's it's it, it, it seems like like really cathartic for him to be talking about it in the documentary it's, it's, did you ever watch it? Uh, the uh, doc? No, uh, yeah. yeah I did actually yeah no yeah. you're right you're right yeah, and it, it, it's... I mean, to be fair, Diane Lane in this, you'd struggle to be... I don't think I've got over Diane Lane in this yet, quite no, yet. No, no, I don't think I ever will. I think everyone that's watched this movie is a little bit in love with yeah, Diane Lane. and she's... Uh, when you're actually watching it, she's actually a dickhead. She is a dickhead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in it. But I still maintain it is... She's it's... a pouty... She's a dickhead you'd fucking run through walls for. Oh, like, she's yeah, absolutely yeah. a dickhead <laughs> you'd run through walls through. But... There's a moment, and I, I say it every time, but I don't care, but I say it every time we talk about it. At the end of the movie, it's all, oh, what is it? And this was supposed to be a trilogy of, of movies about this, where she's watching him leaving, and then he leaves, and she just fucking turns around, and she can't look anymore. And it, it's during this big fucking fantastic musical number. Oh, God, And yeah. it's heartbreaking to watch you just going... Oh fucking hell! I'm done. I, 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 I'm done. This is the this is cinema's perfect fucking love story that's disappeared, <laughs> and nobody even fucking appreciates it. And it's it, it's quite something. And even just before that, you've had I can dream about you and I the coolness of that. It's just it's a movie that is so fucking cool oh, that yeah. um 
it, it's it's horrible that it, it, it didn't find its place when it came out. Fantastic, it's found its place now. But it will I, never get those other two movies. But I still want to yeah. ram it down people's throat yeah. and say, no, have you fucking seen this? <laughs> um, yeah, I've seen it four times. Watch it again. Watch it again now with me. <laughs> watch it with me watching you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put you in a room with a camera in there and I'm just going to watch you via CCTV watching it <laughs> that is, that, that's it if ever I become a rich man <laughs> that's what I will do I will just have Streets of Fire playing and I will, pay, I will get people to come in and watch it so I can just watch their reactions and then grill them about it afterwards <laughs> oh god it's a good film it's a good film it's a fucking cracking film. It's yeah. Um, do you know what else we watched? <laughs> we rewatched. We rewatched the first Charlie's Angels movie. Oh fuck! I meant to rewatch those. Ah, only watched the first one so far. Yeah. Um, Becky's just gone out of the room a second, so I'm gonna wait for it to come back. But yeah, so um. The weird thing about this is, I mean, it, it's this at the time had you know cause a, a bit of a criticism that's coming for, or a bit of a rationale that's coming out about the the, the new one is that you don't have recognisable stars, whereas here you had three of possibly cinema's most recognisable um, female actors. You know, there yeah, with yeah. Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, and Lucy Liu. The mental thing there is. That Drew Barrymore, it was like her thing. She produced it. It was her who got it, it going. Um, it's it's mildly enjoyable. <laughs> is what I would say. It's mildly enjoyable. Um, but my God, it's a piece of shit. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a good film. I would go further than that. <laughs> I think it's barely a film. It is appallingly bad. Sam Rockwell's a weird. Sam Rockwell wasn't a, wasn't really a big thing at the time. He was a jobbing actor at the time. I love the fact that that, that he's basically gone. And there is no way, there is not a chance that that script had him dancing as much as he does <laughs> when he turns. He just started doing that. And but G went, yeah, I'm fine with this. It, it's, his dancing magnificent in it. But just the, it's, it literally is. Then all they do is just basically go, Look, tits and ass, tits and ass, tits and ass. That is the entire thing, is tits and ass. It should be called Charlie's Angels Tits and Asses. It's really quite racist as well. It's a bit racially insensitive, isn't it? I, again, say it's racist at points. Uh, like, outright racist. Well, she goes on the soul train thing and she's like... Yeah. Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah, the the geisha. the geisha. What is it? There's, it's it, it's saved by the fact that it's only ninety eight minutes long. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I think saved is probably a bit strong. It's mental that it's got Crispin Glover, Matt LeBlanc, Luke Wilson, 
when when you're watching a film, you get to the end of it and go, "Oh shit, was Tom Green the funniest thing in that?" <laughs> you know you're in fucking trouble. No. Yeah, yeah. There's that strong possibility Tom Green was the funniest thing in that yeah. movie. Tom Green is even the funniest thing in a room when he's going girl. He's the least problematic thing in that movie. I don't know. He is. <laughs> Tom Green is the least problematic thing in that movie. It's nice to see Lucy Liu do something fun. Though. She seems to be having fun in. Yeah, she's just quite serious. She is, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Lucy Liu, quite, quite. Yeah. I don't think she is now because I've seen Looking Number Eleven where she's quite <laughs> not serious <laughs> in that. I like that. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's <laughs> it's fucking it's crap. It's really, really shit. But it's mildly enjoyable shit. It's kind of fun I shit. wouldn't go that far. <laughs> you could do it next time. Last no, one. I'm not fucking taking that one. Yeah, I did. No, I did Charlie's Angels. You do that one for. We watched The Matrix. Matt, what do you think of The Matrix? I'll let you go first, though. I don't want to. <laughs> um, I, do you know what? It holds up surprisingly well. Does it, though? Yeah, I think so. I, I, the thing about The Matrix is... Every time I watch it, I enjoy watching it. And I don't watch it. It's not something I could watch every year. I just, I just couldn't. I can watch it every th- three or four years. Yeah. I think it's maybe been about five years since I've watched it. And I enjoyed watching it. But it did start to fall. It falls apart more and more I watch it. In what? In what way? For instance, when they're... Um, in the um, helicopter and they're shooting out the what is it, right? Why can't the Matrix, because they can change things within the Matrix. The agents. Uh, the AI or whatever it is. Yeah. Can change things within the Matrix. Why don't they just change that into a fucking dolphin or a hot dog? I don't think they can do it on the fly like that though. I don't know. They can do it they, they can do it at a certain amount of notice because the black cat thing. Oh, they've changed something. Oh, they've bricked up all of the windows. Yeah, but they have to do it like while no one's watching. I just they have to do it subtly. I don't think they could do it in full view of someone because your your mind wouldn't accept it, would they? All right, but they could change bits that you wouldn't see. They could change all the mechanics within inside the thing into hot dogs, and it'd just fall from the ground and the whole thing would be fine. It just seems it, it seems a little bit like. It's well. I've, I've never dug with the Matrix. I've always just accepted what's gone on with it and gone. It's really good. It's really clever. And then when you actually start to think about it, you go, oh, I actually all falls apart. I agree because it can all be explained with why they just make it hot dogs. Well, no, it can't be explained with why they just make it hot dogs, can it? Yeah. <laughs> no, because they have to for the for the health of the organism which is what's feeding them they they have to when the fucking when when the fucking helicopter crashes and they yeah keep people believing in it somebody outside the street goes there used to be a fucking window there right that's fine that can what is it it that that people can logically go oh that helicopter shot that window out they can't go oh that helicopter turned into hot dogs that's fine that's fine You know, the black box comes down and you go, and you go, you go what the fuck is your hot dogs? No one's 
going to believe that, are they? The people just think that person's crazy. Yeah, but then that person will think that person's crazy, and then what if people believe him, and then the whole fucking system falls down? That's how conspiracy theories start. You just fucking stick it on YouTube, it'll be fine. So you're saying that we are actually living in the Matrix, and that's what conspiracy theories are? I'm saying that there's an AI thing that states that it's actually much statistically more likely we are than we aren't. Right. I don't, I don't get what your point is. You can't just explain away all of the problems in the Matrix by saying they should have turned it all into hot dogs. I'm gonna! Literally could have turned it all into hot dogs. This is gonna be the smallest hill in which you die in it, mate. <laughs> it literally is, yeah. Else we want a hot dog now. I do as well. <laughs> God, that was fucking funny. So yeah, but the Matrix is is... We're actually halfway through the second Matrix film and Christ, literally within 15 seconds of watching the second Matrix film, you go... Oh my God, there is a palpable dip in quality. Okay. Um, but, right, one bit I want to raise about the second one that, yeah, that, we, that we brought up, right? So you watch it to the end of the first one, do, 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 and you go on to the second one, and then there's Mercutio there off of Romeo and Juliet going, oh, I had to do it for Tank, and the, his missus is like, I lost two brothers to that ship, and it's like, hang a second. <laughs> did they both die? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he did die. Do you reckon they just went... Do you reckon when they all got back on the ship and they were going back to Zion, they went, well, it's a damn shame about Tank and Dozer, and Tank's there just going... I'm fine. Still alive, actually, going, yeah, it's a damn shame about Tank. You know, that guy was a hoot. I'm still alive. It was a damn shame Tank got shot in the face. Did he die, though? Did he get killed when the, the Sentinel Sentinels things. were? I can't remember. I care that little about that character. I can't remember. Also, that ship's fucked. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is at the end of the first one. Yeah, but they, they, they're still fucking... A good, they still need to get back to Zion in it. There's a lot not explained. No, they just call the AA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like when Mouse dies. Is it, though? Yeah. Oh, the other is. two, the ones that's names I can never remember. I'm not sad about that. Which which is the one who's like, not like this, not like this. Oh, the uh, switch. Oh, switch. Switch, yeah. Yeah, okay. Shit when she dies. You're I then, don't know. You're I going, that's just like, fucking hell, they could have done that ten minutes ago. Yeah, yeah you're going, little whitey. Apoc. Yeah. Also, as well, it, it's we, we're reviewing two movies. One released in 1999, one released in 2000. That are so incredibly naughty. I know yeah. it's a 1999 movie, but I think you can almost count yeah, that's, it that's fair, as, that's a, as a 2000 movie because it literally it influenced the first like six or seven years. Well, that's of what I was going to say. It, it wasn't a naughty movie when it came out. Like it, 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 it's it, it's because of the influence it had. Mm, it's yeah. become a naughty movie. Yeah. Um, it's still, um, in terms of, in terms of for cinema, it, it is still an unbelievably influential movie, and it is if you're talking about important movies in cinema, whether or not you think it's good or not or anything like that, The Matrix is an incredibly important movie in cinema. I think though the the film itself, because. Yeah, like you say, if you start picking holes in things, you can pick holes in anything. There is no spoon. Well, then there is no whatever. You know, blah, I mean, blah. there is a spoon because I can see it. It's not because it's computer programmed. That's fine, but I guarantee there's a spoon somewhere. Right, but what I'm saying to you is within the Matrix, there isn't actually a spoon. But there's there just electrical impulses making your hand think you're holding a spoon. But that is no her hand. whole point. But there's not. 
But you could have to. But then by the time it gets to the point where he like he gets all these powers and he goes, oh, oh fuck, I understand this whole Matrix bullshit now. And it's like because you could say, well, there is no bullet. Well, he controls the bullets, doesn't he? And he just that bit though where where he does that, he stops all the bullets and he just cocks his head and they all fall on the floor. That is fantastic. I love that bit. Again, <laughs> again, the other bit. All of that could have been stopped if Trinity had just answered the fucking phone quicker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it all happened like this, and I've seen this, and she told me this would happen, and it's, uh, and then she goes, "It's like, well, you, if you've seen all that, you know that's going to happen." You just go, "Do you know what? I'm just going to say phone quicker." <laughs> to be fair, though, if he hadn't got shot to shit, it would never have ascended to his true potential. That's a fair point. Well, there we go. Also, as well, if that meme is released now, Hugo Weaving would probably win an Academy Award for Best Spot Actor. He's brilliant, isn't he? Fair yeah. fucking point. That is a very good point. Yeah, he's incredible in it. He's you're what again? I really like the, the, the Matrix. I, I for me, it used to be like a four and a half, five. It's probably dipped down to a four now, but four is still a solid watch, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a very good and very entertaining movie. But whenever Hugo Weaving's on screen, he's speaking. It is fucking captivating listening mm, to him. Mm. It's fantastic. Oh, that's the point I was going to make before, and I got distracted on the tangent. Um, I think the fact that it was so influential on the on movie. Tech, it is a fucking boy, spoon boy. All right. Fucking soldier. The fact that it, the tech of it was so influential on films that followed it, I think it does a disservice to the actual movie itself. But it is a good story, and it's interesting, and it has made people go. Oh, actually, that's a bit creepy because that could be true. And it, it has kind of got into people's heads a little bit. And I think the fact that it was so influential has maybe overshadowed that a bit. Yeah, what I would say there is the issue with the sequels is the original, the first movie um, is a lot of it is camera effects. Yeah. Enhanced by computer generated effects. Mm. They just become computer generated effects. Mm. And it, it, it stops having the sense of you, you can tell what it is. Mm. Whereas the reason why the the bullet time stuff like that, why you went, holy fuck, that looks amazing, is, is because it's a real thing. It's a real bullet really being shot. Mm. That that's what made it, 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 it. The physics of it looked different. Yeah, but, I think as well. Obviously. Following up something like The Matrix, I mean, the, the story is, and especially for the time, like, really fucking clever. Like, what do we, it, what you talk about in the internet in, 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 its, in, in its infancy? Yeah, but just even the thought that it, it makes you question reality. Like, what is what is realness? Is it what you can feel? Is it what you can see, smell? And that's all just electrical impulses going into your brain. It does. It was really like, holy fuck, yeah, actually, that's a good point. <laughs> Whereas the other two, they just trade off that story. Yeah. They're not... It is the nature of sequels that they are a continuation, obviously, of the one that they're they're, they're following. But They try to world build and it doesn't work. No. They don't have any other ideas to build no. with. No. But yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's it for watching this week. Watch much, have we? No. We've had a busy old week, haven't we? Busy old week? You've got old? Uh. Yeah. That was a good old, good old discussion on The Matrix, though. I enjoyed that. Good. <laughs> what have you been watching, bud? <clears throat> so, I... Sorry, I was pouring a drink. Um, started a bit of uh, festive viewing. 
uh, with Netflix's latest Christmas offering, The Night Before Christmas. That's set right? in the same universe as the, 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 the Christmas Prince ones, isn't it? I read what? about it. Apparently Netflix have come out and said that it's, it's set in the same... What, what is? The Night Before Christmas. Oh, yeah. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Are we gonna get like a crossover or something? Oh my god! Oh shit! If we get like a Christmas night or something. Oh, oh fuck! Okay. I'm sure it was that one. Hang on, let me just let me see if I can find the story. There we go. It would make sense. I'll see if I can find it. So this is um, Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, playing a woman who's just broken up with her long-term boyfriend. Um, but she meets Josh Whitehouse's knight, who has just been teleported to the present day by a character only known as Old Crone. <laughs> he literally shouts. At, there is a moment in the third act where he's back in the past, he needs to get back to the future and he literally just starts shouting old crone in the forest and she's credited as old crone um and she she he does her an act of kindness and she says you have until christmas eve to find happiness and then teleports him into the present day he meets vanessa hudgens they have a kind of a meet cute kind of thing and she tries to get him like situated in in the modern world she thinks he's essentially a cosplayer who's got amnesia but then it's he kind of like she gradually realizes he's actually a time traveling knight um so this has got some of the it sounds mental yeah it's it's do you know what i had fun with it i'm not gonna lie Uh, i'm gonna watch this (laughs) I, i mean it's it it's it's a christmas film with a fucking mental plot. Thank you for that, Bex. I'm going to show that to Donna. I think we're both going to be very excited. Um, it, it, it just, it's a, a very sweet-natured, silly, jolly Christmas film um, with fucking ridiculous product placement for Alexa. Um, th- there is a moment in the film that is basically a two-minute commercial for Alexa, and it's, <laughs> it's mental. I mean, it's really weird, like, just how much of an, like, just a straight advert it is for Alexa. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I obviously have a predilection for these Netflix original shit Christmas films. Um, But it's, it's sweet. What can I say? It's kind of, you know, it's, it's quite funny. It's good natured. It looks like it costs maybe 500 pound. Um, (laughs) except netflix insists that all their originals are shot in fucking 4k dolby vision so actually no i lie it looks really nice um but yeah it's it's the night before christmas night with a k what do you expect you know uh but we we just got drunk and watched it on friday night and had a good time and before that we watched uh frozen uh with lots which is frozen it's a good film which is like the 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 sea rising all ships of that film is let it go. I I really like Frozen, but if you take Let It Go out of it, 
there wouldn't be a Frozen 2 just to end of. Um, but we also, as a family, went to see Frozen 2. So, same directors as the first, pretty much same team of writers, voice cast are, are pretty much all back as well. Um, and essentially, the first one, as, as Lottie says, the first one is Anna's story. The second one is Elsa's story. Um, and this one, basically, Elsa, she's now the queen of A- A- Arendelle. I want to say that the country's called. Um, and she starts hearing this voice. And it takes her and Anna and Sven and Stefan and Olaf out on a quest to kind of find Elsa's true calling, basically. Um, none of the songs in it are Let It Go, in fairness. Um, there's one song, Into the Unknown, that they reprise later, and you just know they want it to be Let It, let it Go because they do it twice in the film. And then the start of the end credits is Panic at the Disco covering it. And that motherfucker hits the high notes that Adina Menzel does. And it's fucking impressive. Um, like, that, that Panic at the Disco guy, like, I don't know. He, he, he seems like a bit of a prat, but he can fucking sing. So, good for him. So... Songs. Oh, there's all. Kevin Yuri is a prick. Yeah, yeah, I, I, no doubt. No, no, he's he's a piece of shit. I, I literally, I have no doubt, but he can sing. Um, and you know, hey, a yeah. lot of pieces of shit can sing, I suppose. L- l- listen, listen to what what the original members of Panic at the Disco say about him now. Now that he's basically just come out and gone, no, Panic at the Disco is. A solo project and always has been. And then members of the original band going, What? <laughs> Fucking first two albums. Into the Unknown, Panic at the Disco versions on Spotify. Like, seriously, just listen. Like, like stick it on. The fucking high note he's fucking doing at one point in that is ridiculous. Just while we're waiting for Vex to load it, there's also a power ballad section called Lost in the Woods that Weezer does a cover for in the end credits. <laughs> uh, um, the thing is, the, 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 the song in the film is shot like a power ballad music video. Like it's got him like staring off into the distance and then it's like him, like a shot of him and then another shot, like reverse shot of him in the same thing. And it's like reindeer are playing his backing vocalists. It's it's really fun. Um, and Lottie wanted to go to the toilet, and I was like, "Lots, wait until the end of this song." <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so um, yeah, it. But the, the the thing is, the story is fucking way better than Frozen One. Um, it's really complex. And it's it's de- it, I don't know it deals with anxiety it de- it deals with not feeling like you're in the place you 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 feel like you should be in life. Um, it's just I, I I don't know it I I think it may go over some kids' heads. But then again, Lottie said she thought it was better than the first one. Donna said she preferred the first one. Lottie said she she preferred the second one. Um, 
and lots was just like it, it you know it was funnier and i like i like the songs more like she likes let it go but she re- she really got into into the unknown by the way bex is it loaded yet you want me to play it on here yeah okay hang on then. where's it gone I like the play, that play, that just keep playing it. Is that not ridiculously high? You are. Was that not ridiculously fucking high, that note he just did then? It is high for... A man. Power behind it, yeah. Like... I don't know. Like, I thought that was really impressive. Obviously, it's not. Maybe it's just me. No, it's good. It's good. I'll give it a, a good listen. I like a bit of London Yuri. Someone's gone. Do you leave him alone? No. Tell you what's got a good voice, actually, that seemed like a bit of a tip. The guy out of fun. They, they happened, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And then they disappeared. Yeah. yeah that, they were people. Yeah. <laughs> and now no one gives a shit. Oh, we fun. That was uh, We Are Young, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, he didn't. He did? He sounded like a whiny student union. That's what he sounded like. Like an actual, if a student union, if a student union became human, became human mm-hmm. and formed a band, that would be the whiny shit that they would come out with. So is, in this, is this set in the same extended Matrix universe where things can just be turned into hot dogs? Literally, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they are. They were living in it turned into fucking hot dogs. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. They literally are the whiniest group of little bitches. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. I really, really like Frozen 2. I'm not going to say it's like film of the year or anything like that, but it, it's, it's doing really interesting things with the story, and a lot of the reviews of it have been saying that like it feels unnecessary, and it's yeah, but I mean, I don't know. Like, you know what? Do, do, do I'd say there? Unnecessary, mostly. You know, it, it, what I'd say there to the unnecessary, right? It feels unnecessary to to a forty-odd-year-old guy who's reviewing it, or a thirty-odd-year-old guy, or a twenty-odd-year-old guy who's reviewing it for their blog or for the Telegraph or something like that. But it's not fucking for you, dickhead. It, it, it's not unnecessary for Lottie. It's yeah. not necessary for the people that it, it's aimed at. And it's that whole thing of cinema isn't just for you. Yeah. It, it, it's not even 50% for you. It's 20% for you. You know, cinemas survive on entertaining movies and things like that. You take away the the movies that make a billion dollars without people noticing they've made a billion dollars. You fucking um, pets, whatever it is. Secret Life of Pets. pets. Secret Life of Pets there. One and two that you go, has anyone actually seen this that doesn't have kids? Probably not. But then you look at it and go, holy fuck, they made a billion dollars each. Wow. That literally... There's more kids in the world. Yeah, that's literally how a lot of other films get made and how cinemas fucking survive. My only Frozen 2, and it's not that it's an unnecessary sequel, it's just, it's such a shame they've left it so long. They did leave it an awful long time. 
They did it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they did they did leave it an awfully long time, but that in the end of the day, they didn't envisage doing a sequel. Like I know Ralph breaks the internet was only last year, but Disney Animation Studios don't do a lot of sequels. Um, you know, I mean, like Jesus fucking Christ, I would love to see a Moana two, but I'm also happy with the with the fact that we just had Moana. Um, that, that seriously, Moana may well be in my top 100 of the decade list. Um, perfectly fair enough. Like that fucking. Have you have you guys seen Moana? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got that film. I can't guarantee it won't be in mine. Moana's brilliant. What's Utopia or Zootropolis or whatever it is is fantastic as well. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like Disney Animation Studios over this decade have done some really solid fucking stuff. They've. I mean, to be fair, Pixar have as well. But Pixar have also done an awful lot of sequels that feel like they just evaporate as soon as you've seen them. Mm. Um, and it, I, yeah, I don't know. It's odd. I think Frozen 2 is really, really, really worth people's time. And I say that as a 35-year-old white male. So fuck it. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, also watched Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Um, Lottie was like, it, it, we, put, we put it on and we were all watching it. Lots was kind of in and out she was doing I mean, it's a long film so she was kind of like doing other things she keeps on telling us she's multitasking um which is you know it's quite cute but it's also just watch like it's a film <laughs> watch the film you're not going to get as much out of the film unless you watch the film but whenever things bored her she'd go off and do some crafts uh and then uh, and then come back and watch a bit but i watched it all and it's really weird because Donna and I watched Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone not long ago, but then didn't watch the rest of them. And now I've watched Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone again. And it's like, so do I watch the rest now? It's like I watched Batman Begins earlier in the year, but then didn't watch The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. And you've got Tenet coming out next year, and I'm going to do a Nolan rewatch. And it's like, so I'm going to probably wait until then but then i'm going to re-watch batman begins again and that's the one that i like least out of all of them <laughs> so yeah. I, yeah weird ocd thing but i i like harry potter and the philosopher's stone some of the cg hasn't aged very well and the the view of england is very very an american's view of england um and yeah. they they I don't, they seem to even that out late, later on in the films. Um, but yeah, I like Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Fuck it. Is Philosopher's Stone the one with wizard, wizard chats? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is all right. I like that. Me and Isabel, every every year we do a rewatch of all of the Harry Potter movies in the run-up to Christmas. And mm. every year it gets harder and harder to watch the boring last two. <laughs> Last year we didn't we didn't even bother. No, you didn't, did you? No, we just skipped those. I I enjoyed them all when I watched them, but the thought of watching any of them again just no. I remember the shit I got for bad mouthing that Deathly Hallows Part One. Like I was working at the cinema, and it was either writing for the Rattle or it might have been each single film at the time actually. But writing a review of it, like kind of just before it came out, and the amount of shit I got for basically saying it's people camping in woods for two hours and it's not that interesting um 
but I I maintain Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One is an unnecessary film. There, I've said it. Fuck it. Um, no, I, it, it just it's boring. It's people camping in the woods. Um, so I also watched Earthquake Bird, which is a Netflix original, which actually had a cinema release a couple of weeks back and is now on Netflix. Stars. Uh, Alicia Vikander and Riley Keough. Uh, so, basically, Alicia Vikander is taken in for questioning because of the disappearance of her friend, played by Riley Keough. It then flashes back to her starting a relationship with a mysterious guy who photographs her in the street. And they have a bit of an enigmatic conversation, then start having a relationship. Um, and then Riley Keough comes into the picture... She starts thinking, oh, I might have a bit of Japanese photograph man myself. And it goes from there. So at times this turn, this is kind of styled in the kind of erotic thriller sense that I think would make Mark's ears prick up. Um, but it never quite reaches those levels at times. It wants to be an arty depiction of um, like basically post-traumatic stress like bubbling over and it never quite does that um it feels like a film where alicia vikander basically said to michael fassbender i'm bored and want to learn japanese is there a script where i can travel to japan and get paid to stay in japan and learn japanese um the cast perfectly good it's just it's a bit of a whiff of a film um it goes exactly where you think it's going to go from the very moment one character meets another character it, it like there's very little like like a real oomph in there um and yeah pretty pretty meh i didn't hate it it's not awful but very much one in one eye and out the other so there you go. And lastly, by... Wash Westmoreland. Wash Westmoreland, yeah. Who's directed some stuff? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I recognise the name. He's from Leeds, didn't know that. And his name's Wash. His name's Wash, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that can't be his real name. Mm. Uh, but better. On Netflix UK now, support the girls. Um, written... It's not his real name. His real name is Paul. Oh, there you go. That's a surprise. Um, support the girls, directed by Andrew, uh, written and directed by Andrew Buchowski. Um So this stars. I have a problem with the two Reginas. Is it Regina King or Regina Hall? Fuck. And it's, I can never remember, right, because I always think that Regina King is the one from Scary Movies in the support of the girls, and it turns out that's Regina Hall. <laughs> oh, God. Damn it. Oh, come on, phone. Ah. Uh, okay, I think I'm going to say it's Regina Hall. I'm ever so sorry. Basically, um, plays the uh, manager of a essentially a Hooters. Um, the the bar's called D D Double Whammies. 
but it, it's <laughs> yeah, it's a good name. Um, but it's it's basically a Hooters. I totally got that. Sorry, I would totally got that. Yep. Um, and it's basically I've got a bit of a predilection for kind of like day in the life kind of films, where by the end, yeah. like. Nothing's like super, super, super resolved, but it feels like the characters have been on a journey. That is, that is, this is one of those films. Um, also, um, Haley Lou Richardson uh, is in there, and um, do you know what? No, that girl from Knives Out. It's not the one from Thirteen Reasons Why and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. She's in this one. She's in Support the Girls. She just really looks like the girl from Knives Out. I'm ever so sorry, um, but yeah. So um, that the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt girl was in it as well. But yeah, Haley Lou Richardson from uh, Columbus, which I talked about a while back, and uh, Split, bit of an up and comer. Um, they're like kind of the, the the wait staff basically, and it's Regina going through her day and having to deal with. Um, she she gets in and she hears this noise, and she's having conversations and she kind of like she keeps on hearing this noise. It's like what the fuck's going on? And then there's a guy stuck in a, air, a like air ventilation unit. So like, what the fuck's this? And then there's a bit of a plot thread about that the cable gets switched off and there's a bit of a plot thread about that. Her boss is being a fucking arsehole. There's a bit of a plot thread about that. They're doing a car wash, even though they're not really allowed to, it's kind of technically illegal to raise money for a legal fund for one of the girls. And that there's a thread about that. And it all kind of coalesces in, into like a decision she makes. I really fucking like this. I really liked it. Um, it's funny the performances are all like spot on um it feels it just feels human it's got heart um it's a really 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 good time it would i think it would count as a this year release and i think it i think it might be worth you guys maybe watching it on netflix at some point nice just for like end of year stuff. I don't know whether it would be top 10 for me, but it would be, it would be getting there. I just had a really good time watching it. Um, it, It's, it's just, it's basically just a series of little scenes. It's not particularly cinematic or anything, but it, it's a day in the life and it's a day in the life of these people who are marginalized in society you know it it, it, it i don't know i mean like the, the the staff of hooters there's there's probably a fucking preconception about them but there's there's one girl in this who's kind of like almost like the in quote marks like the sluttiest of them all who has a degree in marketing but she just needs a job uh, and she like knows how to kind of like sell the business and whatnot you know um yeah it, it yeah it's just it's a cute a very human film it reminds me of if beale street could talk and and columbus um in in that regard um yeah i i'm i'm starting to find these kinds of films where it's basically just about relationships between two or three or four people 
and it's just like going about their lives. They're they're kind of becoming like my jam. Um, and this is really really strong. Support the girls on Netflix UK. Really worth a watch. Nice. And I am done. So, what questions do we have, Mark? Uh, I'm not sure because I put the questions question out quite late because I had a very busy day. Um, no excuse. Yes. Um, so Paul Dyer um, yes he's the one who responded says as today would have been uh, Noir Goddess uh, Gloria Graham's 96th birthday what's your favourite Noir movie Blade Runner you're going full me on Noir then fair enough uh, Kiss Me Dead what was yours in Kiss Me Deadly, real fucking interesting film. I love the way that that bloody thing goes. If you've not seen Kiss Me Deadly, it's a bit like, what the fuck is going on? It's it's great. No, I've not actually. The 1955 movie. Yeah, I've not seen that actually, no. It's, ah, yeah, yeah. it's, It's a treat. Um, for me... Toss up between Roman is bleeding and last seduction. Fair enough. Yeah. Very good. I like, I like those elements of life where, yeah, hot spots could as well. Though. I haven't seen any of these older ones that you're about. You have seen Roman is bleeding, you watched it with me, uh, with Gary Oldman. Oh, is that not the one you bought me for the next plane forward? Yeah, it is what I bought you for the next plane forward. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Leonard Olin with. What about ages ago? What? That you, that you did that. Yeah. Uh, did... Just I haven't done an episode in a long time, Dex. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Leonard Olin plays one of my favourite movie characters of all time in it. Yeah. So I think it's probably that. It's probably not the best of a movie. Best noir movie, but it, it, there's a strong chance it could be my favourite. Or, no, Deep Cover. Yeah. Oh, Deep Cover's fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's Deep Cover. Because that's a noir, without question. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it's Deep Cover. That's a lovely shout, that. Yeah. Um, don't have any other questions. Again, I put out the questions well, what is it? Um... We've got one response. Thank you, Matt. Um, I said, so our question for you guys is, if you were to get a film-based tattoo, what would you get? Um, I should inspired by the fact that I just had one. You can't have that one. <laughs> I can't have that one. Uh, Matt um, Stratford, um, Stratford, but he's no longer Stratford on Twitter, um, says, everything is more complicated than you think. From Snitsky, uh, New York. Fair enough. Super one, actually. Um, no, I was trying to be really highbrow, but I'm not going to lie, it would probably be Totoro. Totoro? Yeah. That's a good shout. Because, you see, because I'm my... I have all the different Totoros. You know, like, they all walk in a line. Yeah, yeah man. Around my wrist. That's a that's a good title, actually. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, what's yours, Ian? I just have no face on my arse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I've, I've, I've just had one this week. I've had the napkin writing from True Romance, the You're So Cool, but on my neck. I've had a decade. You're so cool. It is, I am so fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but my next film-based tattoo, I'm not sure where I'm getting it yet, but my next film-based tattoo is the um, phrase Great White Buffalo. Yeah, that's a I'm one. getting that done um, at some point relatively soon. Sure. I'm also getting um, my... I'm getting another Twin Peaks tattoo, but it also um, coincides with a... They're matching... They're kind of like complementary tattoos I'm getting. You're looking like your bathroom. I had told you about this. Yeah, I just can't remember what it is. So I'm going to get on my left ribs, uh, I'm going to get, uh, I am an FBI agent, um, Special Agent Johnny Utah, and on my right ribs, uh, I'm going to get, I am the FBI, Special Agent Dale Cooper. Oh God, I am the FBI. (laughs) Yeah. To go with your double R dino one. To go with my double R dino one behind my other ear, yeah. I did go on a bit of a tattoo binge, yes. Your white blood cells are kicking your ass now, aren't they? They are indeed kicking my ass at the moment. Yeah, I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Have you sent me pictures of these, Ian? Yeah, yeah. Man, they're impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're a bit angry, aren't they, at the moment? Yeah, they're not too bad. Weirdly, the semicolon on my wrist is the one that fucking hurts the most. Constantly flexing, though, isn't it? Every time you move your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah. every time I get them, I always think. Yeah. Well, whilst I'm having them, I'm always like, I "Fucking love this! I love getting them done." And then, like, literally, like an hour later, I'm like, "Why do I do this to myself?" I want to get that sort of roll on you. That's, good That's a really good shout. Yeah. I think I'm gonna need wrist real, real stay left, have I? Uh, like that. That's. I could do. Yeah. Now just get it on your ass, like the Tartaros, like fucking following each other on both butt cheeks. <laughs> I think that'll be a no. Oh, got a new tattoo, can I see it? No, nope. it's on my <laughs> That's a very much a, um, what is it? Skeleton key. Are you all linked up? I bet you all linked up. Not that way you can see. I fucking love that film. <laughs> on, on iTunes. I, I think we might have Skeleton Key on iTunes, actually, yeah. It's one of those random movies that we, that we watch a lot. <laughs> It's Foster Mission, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's it for questions. That's it? Yeah. So, Charlie's Angels. Yes! I'm looking forward to this. Is there anything else out? No. No! Actually, it's... Seriously... It's Knives Out and Charlie's Angels, I promise you. Okay, so The Report, the Adam Driver starring film that was been in cinemas for a couple of weeks, that's on Amazon Prime from tomorrow. Oh, so we'll do that and what is it? So, if, yeah, I mean, like, if we all three do The Report and maybe just me and Mark do Charlie's Angels. No, I won't be in misery. I'll go bloody see it. I just, it just looks horrible. Horrible. But the first <laughs> Charlie's Angels movie looked horrible, and then you actually quite enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, it just, I, I, will, think... I will watch the shit out of the Charlie's Angels movie where Elizabeth Banks is Bosley. That's the thing. It's like on paper, it sounds like, fuck it, go on then. I am fascinated by the prospects of a film where Kristen Stewart is the comic relief. Yeah, I mean, that is a game where, I, where I'm like, what is going on here? 
Patrick Stewart did it in it briefly. Yeah, Patrick Stewart is Charlie, isn't he? No, he's another Bosley. Is he another Bosley? Is Bosley part two? There's, there's various Bosleys. I see now. I just want to see it more. Have you not heard? Like, there's apparently loads of angels teams spread across wherever, and they've all got a Bosley. And there's all three. I think, from what I read on it, anyway, there's different Charlie's Angels teams, and this is one of them. And she's their Bosley, but Patrick Stewart is a different Bosley. I still don't think. Maybe... I mean, this Charlie guy is a bit fucking creepy, isn't he? I mean, he's fighting crime, Mark. Yeah, yeah, but he's, he's using very specific, young, attractive women. Yeah, it's Charlie Sheen. Huh? It's Charlie Sheen. <laughs> it could be, yeah. <laughs> That's the post-credits. It'll be like him approaching three young, attractive girls and saying, I'm putting together a team. And it's just them looking really uncomfortable and then just cuts to black. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I really hope that happens. Now, I'm really disappointed that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, it's between that and Russell Crowe's dogs. I think I'm about I, to have a very disappointing few weeks. <laughs> no, no, I have, I have now decided that that is going to happen for some reason. What's that? <laughs> the Russell Crowe's dogs. For some reason, I am just my brain is now convinced me that's going to happen. So I'm just going to wait until the end of the credits and, and go. And no matter what happens, my brain's going to fill in the rest. When's that out? When's that out? 22, 22 days, Becky. I told you at the start of this podcast. <laughs> Listening. See, I listen, Ian. Thank you. My brain's trying to convince the rest of my brain. A very specific part of my brain's trying to convince the rest of it that it's not really real. Like, it's part of some fever dream and it's not actually really happening. It is. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm I'm, more, I'm, I'm a lot more fine with the second trailer than I was the first one. Yeah. 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 So. No, because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, very quickly before we go, Ian, did you see the... did Before Knives Out, it might not have done because we saw it at a view and you saw it at Cineworld. Not long. Um, did you see the little featurette... On uh, 1917. Uh, no. Right. So rather than a trailer for 1917, there's a featurette introduced by Sam Mendes, uh, where he talks about the procedure of making it, and basically says the whole thing is one continuous shot. Yeah. And explains like. The, the way they shot it and Deakins talks about it and everything like that. If you can find that somewhere on YouTube, which I'm sure it will be, it's fascinating and made me go, fuck yes, I really want to see this movie now. I, I, I'm i really, 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 really looking forward to 1917. And apparently if you see it in IMAX, there's going to be some sort of... Um... Oh no, that's Star Wars. Uh, so there's some sort of prologue for Tenet coming up, like Nolan did for Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises in IMAX. Um, but it looks like it will probably be attached to Star Wars, but maybe it will be attached to 1917. You and it's think you, you think it might be attached to that as well, because it kind of feels in sync. Oh, God. And you fuckers get an IMAX in your cinema world, so it'll probably play. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I'm really looking forward to 1917. That shit's kind of that. That just looks like my bag. 
Two weeks on Saturday. Saturday. Is when it opens? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. What's your first film going to be there, then? Um, I'm just trying whatever to think. What first, whatever the first fucking movie that that cinema is showing is, we are going to see it. We are skipping work that day. And and we are going to see it. I can't. It's a Saturday. I also can't because it's a Saturday. But we're doing it. No, I don't start till 10. What time do you start? We could go really early. Eight. Oh, for fuck's sake, Mark. So is that Saturday the 14th? Yeah. The, the, no, it's, it, it was Friday the 13th. It opens. Ooh. So Friday, oh, that's uh, Black Christmas Day. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah. So get your unlimited cards yeah. and off to Black Christmas you go. Yeah. And then whatever else is playing. I'll say you were next. Oh. Paw Patrol go to Australia. Well, fuck it, yes they do. <laughs> I reckon we just we just stop paying rent and live at the cinema. <laughs> I mean, it closes. I mean, does it? <laughs> but yeah. if you hide in the toilet, does it? So <laughs> I have an unlimited car. <laughs> I'm gonna have to be here whenever. Oh, uh, please don't do that. I did a fucking screen check at like two o'clock in the morning once, and there was a homeless guy sleeping in one of the screens, and he scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but he did. Like, don't do that. I can't guarantee that we will. I can't guarantee we will. Now. Uh, Right, so. We're going to do Charlie's Angels. We've been talking about it pretty much on every single show for the last few weeks. I I think it's only right. Yeah, I think it's only right that we actually give it a chance. Um, But the report is on Amazon Prime. Looking forward to that. So we'll we'll discuss that as well. Um, Just realised we haven't picked a Patreon film. Oops. Uh, sorry. Fuck. Never mind. Uh, we'll do that next week. Sorry, folks. Um, but, who's, not, who, who's not thrown a name in the hat, please do so this week. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there are more than four patrons. Come on, guys. Do it. It's all good. Just give us a, give us a film. So far, we've got Remains of the Day. Beat. Investigation Beat. of a Citizen Under Suspicion. And actually, shit, I think Rick had another one. But Rick didn't Rick, didn't Rick say that he wanted to take his out of circulation? No, but he's not, I think he's put another one in now. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I think it's four. So, yeah, please, guys, patrons, let's go. It's one of the things you guys pay to be able to do. So, you know, help out. But we'll also take your money. So, thanks. But, you know, you should actually put a name in the hat and stop remains of the day from ever being picked <laughs> <laughs> and, and remember uh, if you want to sign up to patreon uh, it's just patreon slash film bastards two dollars a month that's it one rate flat rate two dollars a month and also remember we are a we are pod syndicate podcast um so check out the website there uh, i've got some good christmas art themed articles coming up over the next month even though i will say if anybody wants to pay me twenty pounds to send them a Russell Crowe's dogs T-shirt, I'll make one. <laughs> <laughs> so look out for our Russell Crowe's dogs T-shirts on T-mail. <laughs> Hello, lots. You're going to bed, lots. Can you tell everybody what you thought of Frozen Two? Um, it was good. Yeah. What was your favourite bit? When Olaf went away. No, it wasn't. When Olaf went away? No. Right, A, that's a bit of a spoiler, young lady. Sorry. And 
What? My favourite bit was when when Arnold, when they went into the forest. When they went into the forest, or yeah, spooky, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, love you, monkey. Love you. All right, bye bye. Um, yeah. So, what were we saying? Um, sorry, she she literally just burst into the room and smacked the door in my fucking face. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that was about it, wasn't it? Uh, Russell Crowe and his dogs, tw- uh, 22 days till cats. Um, uh, happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Bye. I've got a dream about a rainbow on the beach and the perfect with the star in the cup. His hair is flying out in ribbons of gold and his touch is not the power to stop.
This podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>